Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Connor. Hey, Brittany. So I haven't thought about the term manifest destiny in years, uh, probably not since I was in grade school, to be honest with you, but I was having a conversation the other day uh, with people who are fairly like-minded uh, as I am or with me. And um, somebody mentioned how great Manifest Destiny was and how it you know, made America what it is today. And I had to stop and kind of think about this because I'm like, wait a second, what? <laughs> like, So for starters, let's talk about what Manifest Destiny is. But I want to dive into what it was and was it good? Is it a bad thing? And, and I want to get your thoughts, Connor, but let's start first with talking about what Manifest Destiny is. It sounds like a cool band name to me or like a Taylor Swift song name, to be honest. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> um, so it was a, a term coined in the middle of the 1800s. And this is, a you know, America was uh, still less than 100 years old and it's getting a little it's like big population boom right they actually need more space to put all these people cuz people are coming over here and this this term was coined and what it meant is that like america had this destiny given to it by you know god to expand the power of the country across the whole north american continent and you know and i every time you hear this this phrase you should run but bring democracy to you know anybody they met along the way and, and this was this big idea. This was this big sense of like, we're going to expand. We're going to be great. But um, it was responsible for a lot of westward uh, expansion. So like Texas, the Louisiana Purchase, things like this. That's what made the country bigger. That's how we ex expanded. That's how we adopted more states. But it also caused a lot of harm along the way because as I'm sure many of you guys know, there were people here before we got here. Um, there were a lot of uh, you know Native Americans. And as we pushed onward, we just kind of kicked them out of the the play. Who did the Trail of Tears? Who was that? Was Andrew that Andrew Jackson, Kieran? I believe. Well, it was Andrew Jackson. That's right, because he got us out of debt, but he also, unfortunately, um, displaced a lot of a lot of uh, Native Americans because they wanted that land. And that's actually something, Connor, that still has consequences today. That I think in the West, you know, coming from California, Utah, we saw a lot of because you have reservations, which uh, reservations is. The land that they they gave the Native Americans as kind of like we're kicking you off your land. Here's this land, um, but there's a lot of uh, poverty that happens there. There's a lot of um, things like addiction and alcoholism that just kind of a product of that. My my brother, my nephew, went to live in Arizona for two years for for his church, and he he spent a lot of time on a reservation. And the things he saw there, just he said, it's really sad, you know. And and a lot of that happened because of this belief that. It's it's like the ends justify the means that as a country, we were allowed to do anything as long as it was like for the greater good of the country. Mm -hmm. And and that that to me, you know, when I heard this friend of mine say, oh, well, it's good because we wouldn't be what we are today. The first thing that came into my mind was empire building. Mm -hmm. And that's not something, you know, we don't think of that as something we're doing here or did in the North American continent. But you know, Connor, a lot of us who are who are anti-war, we hear about America going over to other places and occupying or or spreading empire. And I think that automatically sends off a red flag of this is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. This is not our place. So I'm thinking about this and I'm like, okay, I don't I don't think Manifest Destiny is a good thing at all, but I'm interested to say or hear what you think, Connor, and then I have a few more thoughts to add. Well, let me let me pose a, a thought experiment. Let's say you own a home. 
and your neighbor begins building his home and he builds it bigger and bigger and he realizes he needs or wants more property. He wants to put in a pool and a tennis court. And and so he feel he he claims that, you know, God has told him to do this, that it's his destiny to expand his property. And and you're the next door neighbor. I, I think anyone in that position would be a little skeptical about the claim that, oh, okay, you, you, you say that, you know, God told you to, or you, you claim some superior, you know, right to just expand your property. So even though you're encroaching on my property and stealing my resources and forcing me to move, you know, that that's okay. I should be okay with it because mm-hmm. you, you know, like that's ridiculous. no. No one think that's okay under the scenario that I just outlined. Well, that's basically what happened with the U.S. government. It was Andrew Jackson. They uh, passed a law called the Indian Removal Act, and he was the one that pushed it through Congress. This is in 1830. And the government spent the next like three decades pushing Native Americans westward beyond the Mississippi. In, in one case, they had more than 15,000 members of the Cherokee tribe walk from their homes in like the Southern states to a territory that today is in Oklahoma. This was in 1838. And many of them died along the way. This became known as the trail of tears and, and, you know, thousands of people died and they were forced to relocate from their home all because these, you know, white settlers, in Northern America felt entitled to their property, especially in the South. A lot of the land was like prime fertile Mm -hmm. land for the cultivation of cotton, which was a really big industry in the South. And, and there were a lot of people who lived there. Now, today you have a lot of people who feel like we should give the land back to Native Americans. Right. There's there's a lot of people, kind of progressives and others who are like, oh, you know, we are we are on the land of the such and such tribe. And, you know, we we need to recognize that fact and we need to give them this property back. Well, number one is like we're 200 years removed from this. I I, I don't think that really makes sense because it's not like the original people can be restored to their land. You've just got, you know, some type of posterity, but they're. It's never been their property. You know, why should they get it? I I bought this fair and square from someone else. I didn't, you know, so it's just messy 200 years later to try and like redo that. But the other (laughs) part of this too is that land, like like even with Israel, you know, and and Hamas and all this stuff and, and Palestine and Gaza, you know, it's like they've been battling over that land for thousands of years. You know, oh, we were here first, you know, and, and, and like, well, were you right? Because like <laughs> there were other people here before. Same thing with North America, with these tribes. There were, you know, all kinds of tribes back and forth. They were always warring. And so it's not like this land, I think, ever had like the original, you know, people that we can somehow trace or, or know about. The, the Native American tribes from whom the land was taken, inevitably at some point, their ancestors likely conquered other people who were there and you know took the territory so it's just messy it's it's really messy to go through but but to your question Brittany, about manifest destiny um it, it was a very real thing it was a very real sentiment in early america i should point out here maybe as a little teaser for our listeners is that right now elijah and i are working on volume three of our america's history book Ooh. 
and uh, and this period, so volume two left off at 1791, which was right at the ratification of the Bill of Rights. And so volume three will pick up where we left off, basically birth of a new nation. We've got, you know, this new constitution, this new government, Bill of Rights. And so we're going to do, you know, 1792 all the way through when Abraham Lincoln gets elected. And, and so that includes, you know, Trail the Tears. Elijah and I were just talking the other day about this and, and how we want to approach it in, in our book, because it's something that a lot of kids aren't taught about. Typically in government schools, U.S. government schools, you know, the U.S. government looks like the good guy. Uh, uh, you, you talked a moment ago, Brittany, about empire. Uh, there's a, a book that I read, oh gosh, eight or nine months ago, I want to say. Uh, and this book, wow, I learned so much. It, it's not, I mean, this is going to sound like horrible or arrogant or something, but it, it's rare these days that I read something that's like legitimately new that I'm like, how have I never known this before, you know? And, uh, but this book was one of them. It's called How to Hide an Empire. Hmm. And the book is about how America, is an empire now not in the sense that you were mentioning Brittany. not about hey we're invading you know afghanistan or iraq and and so forth which i think is a very fair argument to make no this was about alaska and hawaii mm. and puerto rico and the philippines i for some reason had not for some reason i was never taught in government schools how the u.s government owned the philippines yeah. for years and, and how people in the Philippines were, saw themselves as Americans. They used American money. They named their streets like Washington and Jefferson and Lincoln and all this stuff. They saw themselves as, as Americans, but no one on the mainland had any clue that they were part of this American empire. That <clears throat> Did you know, this is kind of a, a tangent, but when, uh, when Pearl Harbor happened, the attack on Hawaii, and FDR gave his speech the following morning, and, and he says, you know, this is a day that will live in infamy. And he talks about the attacks on the Hawaiian Islands. And so I remember, you know, learning that speech, reading it, you know, growing up and learning about Pearl Harbor. And it was all Hawaii. I had no idea until I read this book that on the very same day, the same time that they, that the Japanese attacked uh, Hawaii, they also attacked the Philippines because the United States controlled it. And they were weak there. And there was this massive, horrible, horrible war in the Philippines because it was a U.S. controlled property, just like Guam and all these other you know, islands in the Pacific. And I had no idea. It was super fascinating to read about how America effectively was an empire. We were controlling these people, total control. It was, it was military rule in the Philippines. There was horrible abuse and all kinds of stuff. And, uh, and, and that was, you know, the United. So, so to me then, you know, manifest destiny is is really a problem when people feel entitled to to do whatever they want, and they just claim, "Oh, you know, it's uh, it's because America's so great, or because we're entitled to rule the world, or you know, we're supposed to be doing this." Uh, in reality, I think it's caused a lot of harm and suffering. And if we go back to the 1800s, to the time that we're talking about. Um, I, I think it caused a lot of unnecessary harm. There could have been a very fair way to exchange uh, with people, purchase property, uh, live, you know, co-equally, uh, be able to, you know, figure that out. But that was clearly not the sentiment at the time. They just wanted to kick all these people out and steal their land. And here we are talking about America and the land of the free and all this stuff. And they're literally 
uh, committing genocide and yeah. forcing these people out of their homes. It's a, it's a horrible stain on, uh, on America's history, I think. And, and one thing it really reminded me of too, Connor, is there's this really bad tendencies of government throughout all of history to use um, God to to say they have the right to do something. And not, not in a bad way of saying like they are religious, in a way of saying like like divine right of kings was something back in the day. It's part of what we rebelled against when we separated from England, where the king would say, I was anointed by God, so you have to do what I said. None of you guys can do what what you know what I can do because God told me I can do it. And then you have the, and a lot of people believed it too, right? So then you have this like, wait a second, what? Like you, th- that's not a thing. And that's kind of what, what um, these, these early, uh, uh, you know, Americans or politicians, I should say, did, right? They said, no, no, God has anointed me, you know, our country with the power to, to expand. And that's what our destiny is. And we have to do it. And that always makes me nervous because once you use that as a justification, where does it end? Um, yep. And so it, it just really reminded me of that divine right of kings and, and how that used to be something that was so widely accepted. And I think like, huh, and I, I don't, I'd like to say that wouldn't fly today, but I think that instead of, um, you know, using the word God to say that's what people are saying they're anointed by, I almost think that equ- equity could could almost be something you'd fill in there, you know, oh, we have to do this for equity, you know, stuff like that. But right. but it's it's interesting to me. And I think overall, yeah, I I... I wonder if we could have expanded without force. And I don't know the answer to that. Obviously, we don't know what could have happened in history. But yeah. I, I always think to myself, like, what if we had had engaged in trade instead? What if we had been more peaceful with, with the, the Native Americans and, and we didn't take where they were living, but we went, you know, somewhere else near them and we had peaceful relations? You know, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody ever tried that, to my knowledge. I don't know if you know differently, but, but that wasn't our first line of defense. It was force. Yep. And, and it's, you know, why do we believe that somehow we're entitled to the current makeup on the map that that we have, you know, today? Uh, the United States of America could have flourished and grown and looked differently and had different lines on the map. And like, oh, hey, this is the independent nation of the Cherokee here and, and we just go around it, you know, or like that. Yeah, there could have been any number of things. It was not inevitable that we had to do it this way. And unfortunately, a lot of people suffered along the way. It is a point of history that's worth learning about, uh, if for nothing else than to realize that. And this is the point we're going to kind of make in our volume three of the book is that here you have the very same people who have ratified the Constitution, who have separated themselves from the tyranny of the, the, the crown in England, and, and these people are now in charge of self-governing. Are they going to live up to the ideals that they've stated? Are they going to be able to govern themselves and their neighbors in a way that their lofty you know, ideals and aspirations that they cited in the, the Declaration and the Constitution and so forth? And what you're going to find in the book, which you know, if you can find right now if you know history, is that again and again and again, these people fall short of the stated ideals and so many of these tyrannical problems that the colonists would have been horrified of, of, you know, the king of England doing, they're now doing themselves. So it's kind of a sad commentary on the ability of people to govern themselves and be committed to a set of principles. Uh, but there's, you know, a lot of hope along the way. There's a lot of people that are really trying to do the right thing. So it'll, it'll be a fun book to work on. It'll take us a while to do, but this particular topic will be definitely a chapter in there to delve into. For now, you guys can do your own searching on it. It is a topic worth exploring. Hopefully this planted a seed or sparked some curiosity. Brittany, great chatting as always. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. 
You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.